Welcome to the Classy Lab Podcast. This is your host, Tisha, and class is now in session. We are a judgment-free zone, so no perfect people are allowed. We are celebrating Women's History Month along with Social Work Month. So I am super excited because this is something that is very near and dear to me. We have several special guests lined up. In this episode, our special guest is Miss Mary Kate Wagner from Akron, Ohio. She is a social worker as well as an advocate for human trafficking. So we discuss all things business, detailed information on human trafficking, health, wellness, beauty, empowerment, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Meet me in the lab. Hey to all my listeners, the Classy Lab podcast is back. We've took a little break with all of the craziness that's been going on here in Texas um, along with the pandemic, but we are back and we're back just in time to celebrate Women History Month along with Social Work Month. So I'm super excited um, to our guest lineups that we have for this month. And we are starting off with a very special guest who I have gotten to know just through the social work community. Um, and I will let her just jump right in and introduce herself. Remember here at the Classy Lab Podcast, we are nothing here is perfect. We are not perfect people. So you, we just sit back, we relax, and we enjoy the show. Um, so to all my listeners, here we are. Here's our special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, thank you again so much for having me. And you picked the perfect person because I'm also not perfect. So I'm happy to be here on your show. <laughs> um, so my name is Mary Kate Wagoner. Um, I work as a coordinator for my county's human trafficking task force. I also um, co-chair the education and outreach committee for my county's human trafficking collaborative. So I do a lot of presentations and education on the topic of human trafficking, in addition to working directly with survivors on the task force. So that is a little bit about me. I am a social worker and I am a woman. So I'm very excited to celebrate Women's History Month as well as Social Worker Month. Well, thank you again. We are so glad to have you. I know the listeners will definitely enjoy this one. Um, we are all about um, empowerment, um, mm -hmm. women empowerment. We are just happy to be able to dig deeper. Sometimes you have to have those topics that just hit home. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of research lately and human trafficking has just been such a major topic um, here in Texas, just around the mm -hmm. US in general, you know? Um, so I was glad to definitely be able to connect with you. Um, just mm -hmm. a few facts that I was able to pull up and you can kind of chime in on them um, as in reference to human trafficking, since it mm -hmm. is your specialty. Um, the number one state that I saw for the highest human trafficking rate in the U.S. is California. Um, mm -hmm. Is that something that you're aware of? So an interesting thing about human trafficking stats, when we look up numbers where those numbers usually come from is typically from the national human trafficking hotline because they track stats from all over the US. 
And they, every year they put out a report with like the top five states with the highest number of calls to the hotline. So typically with stats, that's where those are coming from is from number of calls to the hotline. So with that, you can kind of look at it one of two ways. You can either look at it from the perspective of there's a lot of human trafficking in this state and the perspective of there's also a lot of people reporting human trafficking in the state. So it's, it's a two-sided coin. There's that realistic perspective of, yes, there's probably a lot of trafficking going on, but at the same time, it can be a good thing because there's people actually identifying and reporting it as well. Oh, wow. Thank you. That is definitely very informative. Um, yes, because I was looking just what, like you said, with the stats here in Texas, it shows um, that more than 300,000 victims um, are victims are of human trafficking here in Texas with more mm -hmm. than 79,000 being minors. So when I saw that and being a mother of a daughter as well as a mm -hmm. son, it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, wow. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The stats are pretty shocking. And even the ones that we do have are just our best estimates, right? Because human trafficking is, is something that's typically difficult to identify. And also, there's not a lot of victims coming forward and saying, I'm a victim of human trafficking. Because part of the reason is there's a lot of misconceptions about trafficking that we see in our media or in movies where people think it's only being kidnapped. And if that's not their experience, a lot of the time victims have a difficult time identifying with the term human trafficking. So it's crazy when we're looking at those numbers to think like, even though they're high, they're probably even higher um, with the actual numbers. Oh, wow. And I definitely believe that um, mm -hmm. you, know, you just kind of never know what's going on around you. Um, and I always um, even just telling my daughter, uh, family, mm -hmm. friends, co-workers, um, you know, that we have to educate ourselves. It's important mm -hmm. to do our part and continue to educate ourselves the best way possible. You know, mm -hmm. um, you can never be too careful. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, absolutely. I always say that education, when people ask me how they can get involved, I always say education is the best thing that you can do. Always educating yourself and the people around you on the topic so that you, you know how to identify these things and to protect yourself and the people that you love. Exactly. That is so true. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. Now, before we, yeah, definitely dig a little deeper into human trafficking, because I want to make sure I cover that a lot more. Um, <laughs> let's just kind of dig deeper into yourself. I love to dissect my guests. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I'll do, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You've given us a general bio of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. and if we could just dig a little bit deeper, um, by just kind of digging into what motivates you, what keeps you going mentally, physically, and emotionally, especially since the pandemic. Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like there's so many different answers that I can give. And there's so many things like ways that that's changed over time too. But I would say the most consistent things for me that keep me going and that keep me healthier. One, um, I have a very close relationship with the Lord. Um, I feel like my faith is very strong. 
and it has kept me motivated in my work and very passionate about what I do on a very deep and spiritual level. And of course, I have to shout out my my family and my closest friends, um, my husband, my biggest supporters. Um, I am very blessed to have people in my life that truly love me and are consistently you know, speaking love and truth um, into my life, even when things are really difficult, I always know that I have them to lean on. That's awesome. Yes, that it. I myself, um, when it comes to being a spiritual person, I'm just mm-hmm. having that faith. Um, I come from a um, Baptist background, but when it comes to mm-hmm. just understanding that faith on your own, it's nothing like having that, especially to get you through the hard and crazy times that we've been experiencing lately, you know? Yes, absolutely. I can truly say I don't know if I could be doing the work that I'm doing in a pandemic, going through my master's program, handling all these different things that are going on without that really strong faith and the support from my friends and family. Yes, I am with you on that when it comes to, oh, this master's program, but we are almost at the finish line. So yes, we are. (laughs) I'm so happy to connect with another person that can say, you know what? I understand where you're at. I definitely know Mm -hmm. (laughs) what you're going through, how it can drain us. But you know, when you have a passion for the work, it's like, okay, this is not just for myself. This is something that Mm -hmm. I know that will help me down the long run, uh, as well as, you know, continue to allow you to advocate for others. So I'm sure you get, you get enjoyment out of that. (laughs) I do. Absolutely. That's, that's what drives me. Even when school is tiring and I have a lot of assignments, I know that the greater purpose, it will make everything so worth it. Yes. Yes. That's great to know. Um, And as well as just um, going back into some of the things that, you know, you do to keep yourself motivated. Also, Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you do to plan for self-care? Yes, I have become a reformed self-care hater. I used to hate self-care. I used to always put on the back burner and I have really turned that around for myself. And I'm super thankful to be able to share now what I do for self-care because I'm actually doing it. Um, I would say the first thing that's been really helpful for me is just going to therapy and taking the time to take care of my mental health in a very intentional way with another professional that really knows what they're doing and can dig deep. So that's been immensely helpful for me. And then other things for self-care, just having good boundaries. So Um, knowing when it's time to close my computer for the day and um, take a break and do something that's filling to my soul, going on a walk, taking um, care of my cat, you know, hanging out with my friends or my family or just talking to them on the phone during these pandemic times. That's something that's been really helpful for me as well. So those are a few things that I do for self-care, but I also really like yoga. That's been a new one for me. Oh, those are excellent, 
excellent self-care methods um, because, you know, sometimes we just get caught up in everyday life and we forget how important self-care really is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of the reason I really used to struggle with self-care is just the busyness. But I have found when I take the time to care for myself and my mental health, I'm able to do my job and, and my schoolwork and whatever I have on my plate so much better. And it, it sounds silly saying it out loud, but it's true. Like it has to be built into your schedule. It has to be built into your life or you will burn out. Yes, that's so true because as they say, self-care is the best care. If you're not, mm -hmm. you know, mentally healthy for yourself, how can you be helpful to others, you know? So exactly. Is, exactly. Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh, self-care, self-care. I tell myself all the time, stop, breathe, take some self-care time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. The breathing exercises, I try to do those throughout the day to just some mindfulness check-ins with myself. All of that kind of stuff is, is my jam. Well, those are great self-care methods. You hear it, listeners, take time out and, you know, <laughs> just get that self-care in. It's important. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, as we talk about the career field that you have chosen, social work, um, now, as you look into the, the actual career field, because social work now is such a open field, um, mm -hmm. what do you wish you would have known before you begin your career? Yeah, that's a great question. When I first dived or dove into the field of social work, I truly did not know how broad it was. I just knew that I wanted to help people and I knew that social work was a way that I could do that. And so I wish that I would have known sooner all of the wonderful opportunities that there are in social work and just how awesome of a field it is. I, I was not originally a social work major. I changed my major to, show, to social work later on. So that's definitely something that I wish that I would have known. Um, and additionally, in my undergrad, I wish that I would have taken more time to network with the people around me because I found that networking and that that relational connection piece are so important to your career. Like we cannot do this. We can't be an island. We can't do this without each other. That is so true. Yes, I appreciate that. That's why I'm always so happy when I can connect with other strong women um, and especially for this month and just in general to be able to learn and, you know, people that feel open to um, answer questions and just, mm -hmm. you know, show that same, like you said, sometimes when you look back, you're like, okay, I wish I would have networked with certain people. But then when you get to a certain point in life and you do meet certain people, you're happy that you're able to connect and just kind of come together and brainstorm. <laughs> yes, it's so true. I've really found in my time in the social work field that multidisciplinary teams are so important because we need that diversity. We need the different opinions, everyone coming together in the same place in order to grow. So I've really come to value that. And that's pretty much my whole job now is working in multidisciplinary teams. So I really I love it and I value it. 
Yeah, that is definitely so important. I always say teamwork makes dream work. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> it's important to have. Definitely. Absolutely. It is. Yes. So listeners, there you have it. Do not be afraid to ask for help or have people around you that's willing to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that's so true. I That's another thing that I, I wish I would have known going into the field, too, is just the importance of um, being humble and willing to learn and you don't know, have to know everything going into the field and you shouldn't expect to know everything and it's okay to connect and ask for help. Exactly. So true. So true. Now, if you could think back, I know this question I ask, and it's always one of those, it's like, oh, wow, let me breathe. And then let me think. (laughs) (laughs) But if you could think back, what would be one thing that you would tell your younger self? Hmm. I would tell my younger self, to slow down. <laughs> and I'm not that old. And I say that like I'm really old, but <laughs> I would I would tell my younger self that because throughout my whole life I've I've had big dreams and big plans and all of these things that I want to do in my life, right? And I wish that I would have enjoyed the moments that I was in when I was in them more than I did because I was always ready and excited for the next thing, which is great, but it made me miss out on a lot of great things that were happening in the present. That is great. That's wonderful, actually. I love the way you put that. Um, my father, who's a pastor, one thing he always has taught us is Mm -hmm. this day is our daily bread. And when I think about that, it's the world is moving so fast all the time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. forget to just think about this day and take time for this day and this moment, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. My my mom says something really similar. She always tells me when I, when I call her and I'm all stressed out about something, she's always like, just do the next right thing. Just do one right thing at a time. And you'll end up where you need to go. I, it always makes me feel better. Yes, it's so true because, you know, you look back um, and like you said, you're not that old, but sometimes you just look back and, at certain moments in life and you're like, you know what? I just wish I would have taken a little more time to just breathe and take it all in, you know? Yes. Absolutely. I feel that right now in my master's program too, as much as I want to get it done, I know that I'm going to look back and wish that I would have taken more time to just enjoy the ride and make those connections with my classmates and all that stuff so yes I agree it's like I want it done but at the same time now that it's getting to towards the end it's like okay let me go back to the beginning is there something I'm missing (laughs) right Yes, yes I feel it I definitely love that one well thank you for sharing that with us sure And we're going to jump back into the business aspect, um, what's your background as far as your career in the human trafficking. Um, In your community, what are some things that you're doing within your community to help bring more awareness to the human trafficking? Yeah, I'm so excited to share about this because I feel like um, Ohio in general, um, I'm from Akron, Ohio, by the way, for any, any listeners who might not be from the area. Um, there's a lot of awesome things happening in the state of Ohio right now when it comes to combating trafficking. Um, our attorney general 
has started a human trafficking commission and Ohio in general has what's called a collaborative model. And so um, the majority of the counties in Ohio have a human trafficking collaborative, including my county, which is Summit County. So what those collaboratives are is just a platform for, for um, service providers from all different backgrounds. So um, victim service providers, healthcare workers, children's services, law enforcement, whoever it might be, to come to the table and have conversations about um, combating trafficking in our community, talking about what's working, what's not working, what we need to be doing better, different trends that we see going on, gaps in services. So there's collaboratives all over the state of Ohio. So for our collaborative in Summit County, we have two different committees. We have a committee that's dedicated to those direct service providers. And then we also have an education and outreach committee. And I co-chair the education and outreach committee for our county. And what that looks like is doing, we do a lot of educational presentations. Um, during COVID, we've been doing them all online and we've had a great turnout from people all over the country. We also train lots of agencies. So coming up, for example, we're training um, the hospital staff at our local hospital on how to identify trafficking and red flags and what to do if you think you have a trafficking victim that you're working with. So that's a lot of what we do when it comes to education and prevention on human trafficking. I feel like there's a lot more I can talk about, but that's the gist of it. Oh, that's great information. Very informative. Um, because I mean, I would love to, you know, just when, when you're connecting and, and, and getting the word out, because here in Texas, it's talked about, but like you said, a lot mm -hmm. of times it's not as exposed as it needs to be. Um, I'm right. starting to see it more and more, but um, I just feel like it still should be out there more and more uh, places and resources that we should have available for the human trafficking. But um, I am aware that Texas uh, has definitely been cracking down on human trafficking. So um, mm -hmm. even though it's not my expertise as of yet, I do plan and hope that one day I can dig deeper into this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, but I do. I, I have just doing uh, broad research. I've seen that they are really trying to crack down um, on the human trafficking. Now, what would be some of the um, the the signs that you would say to look for? You know, if someone is is going through or uh, you know is into human trafficking, what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a great question. So generally, when we talk about trafficking victims and how to identify them, we talk about vulnerabilities because there's truly no um, description that I could give you of what a typical trafficking victim looks like because each situation is so different. So what I always tell people is in any kind of exploitation situation, there are vulnerabilities that someone has identified, um, a perpetrator has identified, and they're then using those vulnerabilities against that individual. So it's, it's the same in human trafficking. So everyone has vulnerabilities. We're all humans. Nobody's perfect. Um, but there are some vulnerabilities that make people 
um, more easily exploited than other people. So some of those things, for example, could be um, alcohol or drug abuse, um, substance abuse issues, a history of prior sexual abuse, an unstable home environment, just things that put people at risk. So one way that I like to put it is that traffickers will try to identify a need that a person has. So when we're thinking about needs, it could be basic needs. So we have like shelter, clothes, food, and then we have relationships, love. Um, it could be a desire for adventure or a job, whatever it might be. So what the trafficker typically does is they will try to fill that need for that person and then flip the, the script and just say, okay, I've been a parent figure for you. I've been, um, I, I've been taking care of you. You've been staying in my house. Now you have to do something for me. So that's kind of where, where we usually start off when we talk about identifying vulnerabilities and red flags when it comes to trafficking. Wow, that is great information. Um, definitely, it, those signs are so important because mm -hmm. a lot of times if it's not your expertise, you just don't know, you know? Um, right. Yeah, so you're not able to say, oh, you know, how can I help this person? Or once you hear about it, you know, well, where mm -hmm. it may be too late, you're like, oh, what could I have done to help this person, you know? Right. So, yes, thank you for that information. Um, sure. because, um, I myself was just recently watching this movie and, um, I think it's on lifetime and it's called the girl in the basement. And mm -hmm. for anybody that hasn't watched it out there, um, listeners, I would say take time. I wouldn't say get popcorn, get more like tissue, take a look at it. <laughs> yes. Because it was just one of those things. And like you said, it's not always, going to be those that aren't around you that's going through human trafficking or some some type of abuse whether it's physically physical abuse emotional abuse sexual abuse you know but it could be someone in the household so this movie was based on that and I was just mm -hmm. like oh my god you know you just never know yeah. what could be going on in someone's house from the outside looking in you know exactly and I love that you brought that up too because I think they're because of our media, there can be misconceptions about um, who the traffickers are, but you're right. Like they can be people living in your neighborhood, in your town. People can be trafficked from their own houses, from their own schools. Like you, they don't have to be taken somewhere, smuggled somewhere. Um, they don't have to be locked away. Um, they can definitely be exploited just in the situations that they're at. And um, their traffickers are most likely to be someone that they know and have some kind of relationship with. Um, so that could be like a family member or a significant other. So those are definitely important things to be aware of too when we're looking to identify a victim. Um, because it may not look like what is portrayed in the mainstream media. Wow, now that is so, so true. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things, um, you know, some people just don't look like what they've been through and you just never know, mm -hmm. 
you know, who's living next to you or who, you know, who your coworker is or what's going on. So just being able to have the dialogue and open up and kind of become more aware. But like you said, it's not always going to be signs that we'll see right away, but at least we have some kind of idea of the things that are going on around us, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very good for anyone in any profession at all to be aware of just different things that make people vulnerable, but also just the basic dynamics of how trafficking can work. So um, there's a lot of folks that will slip through the cracks because people are expecting it to be a certain type of person or a certain type of situation, and they're missing the exploitation that's going on right in front of them. Wow, thank you. Yeah, because um, a lot of times when you're looking, like you said, at the, whether it's social media, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's on television, it's just those things that we think, oh yeah, they're going to be snatched. They're going to be taken mm -hmm. from a foreign country or either into a foreign country, but it's not mm -hmm. always the case with that, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. exactly. Yeah. It, it could definitely look a lot different than what we see in our media. And I've, I've definitely experienced that firsthand with working with trafficking victims. It's very, it's a whole different ball game. You can learn about it and read about it all day, but when, until you meet an actual victim, it, it can be, it can be difficult to really swallow like, oh, wow, I've, I've been misled this whole time by, by a lot of what we see in the media. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, listeners, I'm sure there's so much more information that we could go into as far as covering human trafficking. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we just wanted to kind of um, put the topic out there, um, let you guys know to be aware of what's going on around you, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's here in Texas or any other state, um, just so that you can know, you know, these are the things that we are experiencing every day, you know, so to be mm -hmm. aware and to educate yourself. Um, I will also let Mary Kate give some, um, do you have any maybe uh, contact numbers or maybe a website if someone knows that they maybe possibly experiencing it or if they know someone that is in your county that they could reach out to? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a, a variety of resources that people could use. So first, for, for listeners or for those who are interested in learning more about human trafficking, our collaborative does virtual presentations every month on the topic of human trafficking. And we have about four presentations scheduled for the month of March. If anyone is interested, we have an Eventbrite page. You can search for the Summit County Collaborative Against Human Trafficking on Eventbrite. Um, it should bring up all of our events. Um, you can contact me personally through my email address, which is marykatewagoner at gmail.com. And we do have a website for the collaborative as well. It is end slavery in our end slavery summit county.org. So feel free to reach out through any of those venues. Um, I would be happy to answer any questions or connect you to resources, whether it be in Ohio or in another state. Um, and then for human trafficking reports, we do have the national human trafficking hotline number. Um, there is a text option as well as a calling option. So highly encourage people to utilize that number. 
It does not always dispatch local law enforcement. So just something to be aware of if it's an emergency, um, 911 is always a priority. And then for Summit County specifically, we do have a task force hotline that goes directly to our task force. So that is 330-252-2614 for anyone who needs to make a tip or a report or has questions. Well, there you have that information, listeners. I definitely wanted to make for sure that we had Mary-Kate give you that information, um, you know, because it's just important to have those contacts. Um, I also was able to pull up um, information here in Texas. Well, actually here in Houston, um, there is a 1-888-373-7888 contact number for assistance for human trafficking directly here um, in Houston. And then there's also a text number that you can text HELP to 233-733. Text HELP and that text is going to go directly to 233-733. So hopefully Mm -hmm. if this information is needed, um, listeners, you can take the information and spread it you know, it's very important to uh, share, you know, caring is sharing. I always say that. So, and um, it's just important. We know these facts and educate ourselves um, just every day, you know, with everything that's going on. It's like, I am one of those people that I just lately, especially in the pandemic, I can't get enough of reading and, and just educating myself mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So that brings me to my, now back to a question directly to you. And that's going to be, can you tell me um, what is something you have read or listened to lately that has inspired you? Yeah, that's awesome. I have been reading um, a lot over quarantine as well. And I'm always listening to podcasts. So I'm excited to be on your podcast today. Um, One of the books I've been reading is called When Helping Hurts, um, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. So it's by Steve Corbett. It's been an awesome um, perspective on how to actually help with a lot of social issues that are going on instead of just maybe throwing money in a situation or, um, you know, coming from our perspective, what we think might be best versus what will actually be most helpful. So it's definitely um, very informative and it's a good perspective when it comes to cultural humility as well. I think that's really important. Oh, that sounds like a great one. I may have to definitely grab. It's like now I've been making a list for myself. And and unfortunately, (laughs) I haven't been able to do much hands-on reading. So audio, I've been doing all kinds of audio books lately. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, audio, audio. But I am always happy to hear of other podcasts and um, because, you know, it's always good to listen and chime in. I think now podcast Mm -hmm. is like the thing, you know, (laughs) it really is. Yeah, I'm always I'm all about a good podcast. Um, I have been listening to a handful of them. I've been listening to Pantsuit Politics. Um, It's a great bipartisan one. Um, There's another really great one called fight, hustle, and hurry. It's all about rest and self-care. So I've been enjoying those ones lately. Yes, I know it's so important to just kind of chime in on some of those that are just exactly what you need to hear, you know, to get you through your week, your month, your day. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. For sure. 
Yes. Well, um, now as we talk about your journey um, throughout, you know, the social work path or just in general, as far as getting to your career that you're at now, how has your journey shaped you into who you are today? Oh my gosh. How can I even count the ways? I feel like I just don't even know what my life would look like if I hadn't chosen social work. And um, I really think there's so many different choices that I felt led to make along the way that have brought me to where I am. And I feel really blessed and thankful to be in the position that I am and to have a job that I love doing and to be working with the population I love working with. So I would say a lot of the ways that it's shaped me is just, um, it's taught me a lot about empathy and what it really looks like to get into the deep, dark spaces where people exist in, where they're broken and hurting and what it looks like to really just sit with them and love them in that moment. Um, it has taught me so much about what it really means to love people sacrificially and deeply. So I'm really grateful for that. Wow. That's, those are just some great things because, um, you know, I feel like going into social work, it's just when you have a loving heart, when you're just a loving and caring person, mm -hmm. it's just something that it's just so natural. It comes very natural. Um, and then a lot yeah. of times, like you said, going through the empathy and sympathy, um, like you said, you're, you gone through therapy or you're going through therapy and it gives you that mm -hmm. time to reflect and understand you know being on the other side um of the spectrum you know yeah so that is good that is some great things to know you hear that listeners so make for sure you guys never be afraid of therapy I tell people all the time they hear you know that I'm going to a counselor I'm going to a therapist you have to be all mm -hmm. kinds of crazy in, in most people's eyesights you know right yeah oh my gosh I'm always saying the same thing I'm like you don't have to be in a, a dark place mentally to go to therapy you don't have to have crazy life circumstances it's it's just a helpful tool for reflection and to take time to care for yourself and there's always something we could be working on to improve ourselves so it's just it's not as scary as you might think. I love my therapist. She's been super awesome and helpful to me. And even though I'm trained in a lot of the same tools, it makes such a difference just to have someone to help you with that accountability piece as well. So that's a huge benefit to therapy, in my opinion. Yes, ma'am. I totally agree. Because I feel like, you know, when we have someone that's helping us with our accountability, then we're able to be better advocates for our clients. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. And just in general for ourselves, you know, so that is great. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank you for opening up and sharing that with the listeners. Sure. I'm happy to do that. Of course. Now, as we get ready to wrap things up, um, one thing about here at the Classy Lab podcast, um, my podcast was started from um, my business, which I have is uh, the Classy, is Classy Fashion Cosmetics, I'm sorry, and it's just about, it's uh, inner and outer beauty, all natural products mm -hmm. that we offer, and it really allows me personally um, to just feel like, you know, beauty is not always from the outside in, you know, mm -hmm. we got to dig in and then look out on the outside, you know? <laughs> yes, for yes. sure. And so when I say that, I always have to ask if you can tell us one beauty tip that you would recommend to the listeners, either inner or outer beauty tip. 
Yeah, I love this question. I would say the best beauty tip is to just be genuine with everyone, to be genuine with yourself, to be genuine with the people around you. Um, I think there's nothing better than someone that doesn't have a mask on, that someone who's just real and raw. And um, I love those kind of people. Those are the people that I think are the most beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's my tip is to just to be real, to be genuine and to just be in that same strain, just be the best version of who you really are. Thank you. That is definitely a good one because, you know, I always say we can make up the outside, even though I love a good lipstick, I love a good eyeshadow, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can make all that up and still, you know, have so many things that need to be fixed from the inside. So that, oh, yeah. being, yes, just being able to be, um, you know, open and honest with yourself and being the best version of you um, after you go home at night and wipe off all the makeup just to know that, hey, mm-hmm. I have been honest with myself. I have really taken time to get to dissect me, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree. At the end of the day, the outer stuff is all going to fade away, but what lasts is what's on the inside. So, yes, well, thank you for sharing that one with us. Um, we're going to yeah. wrap up. Um, tell the listeners where we can find you once again, as far as either your social media platforms, your mm-hmm. email, whatever you want to let them know hey, this is how they can contact you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my email address is marykatewagoner at gmail.com. It is Wagoner, W-A-G-G-O-N-E-R. Um, so feel free to reach out to me and I am easily contactable through my email. Um, you can also feel free to shoot me a text message or call me. Um, my phone number is 330-888-2716. So if you have any questions, if you need resources, if you just want to talk, I am available. I would be happy to do that for you. Well, thank you so much, Mary-Kate. I have enjoyed you, but before I let you leave, I have to get you to play our game that I have all of our guests participate in. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Yes, and it just kind of, eases things and puts us well we'll leave on a smooth note you know (laughs) I love that I can get down with a good game let's do it (laughs) yes all right it's very simple the game is called either or um what I will do is I'll call out a category and you will tell me which one fits you or what's your first preference um if Mm -hmm. not you just either or you let us know either or okay sounds good All right, we'll start with the food category, my favorite. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) So when it comes to food, would you prefer, let's see, seafood? So when I say seafood, I would say fish or would you prefer just a regular salad? Hmm, I would actually say, I'm going to say fish. That sounds good. I love seafood. I always say, you know what, even though salad is healthy, but I can, I can also get away with the fish because it's healthy as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I do love like fish tacos. Those those just hit different sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I am definitely with you on that. Um, Next, we'll look at a vacation location. Would you prefer a good beach setting or a campground setting? 
I actually love camping. So I'm gonna have to go with campground. Oh, wow. Campground. See, I'm glad to hear that because there's so many people, even though we're here in Texas, people are like, no, I prefer a good beach setting. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) We have to switch it up. Let's try this campground setting. So I myself, I want to get a chance to do a little bit more, um, trying to kind of get out and do something different with the camping. I haven't had the chance to do it yet. So I'm like keeping my fingers crossed to see if I'll enjoy that. (laughs) Yes. You got to try it at least once. I, I love it. So I hope you do too. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. And we will look at the last category, which is a date night setting. Would you prefer a night out on the town or a Netflix and chill night? Hmm. I'm gonna go with a night out on the town. I think that can be really fun because I'm a Netflix and chiller all week long. So I like to do something fun for date night. Yes, I agree. Especially since this pandemic, it's like, take me out. I want to get out. <laughs> yes, I agree. Anything not at home, I'm I'm okay with that. If anything's open, I'll be there. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, again, we appreciate you here at the Classy Lab Podcast. You have been so informative. Um, listeners, make sure you go back and hit that replay button you go if you're um once you go on and you get the information that you need please take notes and get those contact numbers that you need if you think you know anybody that may be experiencing human trafficking um or if you're a victim yourself you know don't be afraid um mary kate is a beautiful person from the inside out so i know she will be very helpful Feel free to thank reach out you. to her. Yes. And again, thank you for taking time out to chat with us. It has been a privilege. Do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be on the podcast and to share. Um, I'm really passionate about human trafficking awareness and all the things that your awesome podcast stands for. So I'm just thankful and honored for the opportunity to be here. Well, there you have it, listeners. Again, we are celebrating Women History Month along with Social Work Month. So we are excited to have the special guest lineup that we have coming forward for the remainder of the month. And again, Mary-Kate, it was great to start the month off with yourself. So you have a great evening and I will definitely be keeping in contact. All right. Thank you. You as well. I I really appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. You have a good night. Thanks. You too. Hey listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to share and download the Classy Lab podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Also, please follow all of my social media outlets, Classy Fashion Cosmetics on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where we offer all natural inner and outer beauty products. Also, for more detailed information on our products, check out our website, www.classyfashioncosmetics.com. For more weekly episodes, stay tuned.